You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. and welcome to the 1865 Match Report with me, the Maradona of the Midlands. Today, we're looking back at Forest's trip down to the Big Smoke as they faced off against fellow promoted side, Fulham. Joining me to look back at the match is our very own Stephen Topless. Stephen, how are you? I'm okay. Yeah, disappointed after the results and combined with a bit of a cold I've got. It's not made for the best weekend, but we crack on and on to the next as they say yeah onwards and upwards onwards and upwards um yeah the result itself as i'm sure everybody knows already was uh 2-0 to fulham um william scored in the first half and uh a slate goal from solomon sealed the points for fulham um and it was a a couple of changes in the uh, lineup for forest as well Stephen. what were they two changes yeah so serge aurier and gustavo scarpa came in from the, the team that played against Leeds. So on the whole, largely the same 11. And I don't think there were too many complaints with that, really. Aurier, we know how good he, he is in terms of defensively and away from home. I think bringing Aurier back in for Williams was a smart shout. And then Gustavo Scarpa coming in. Oh, I was quite excited to see him start and, and hope that he'd be able to, to make a good impact. So... Yeah, on the whole, I think it was a, a decent team. It looked like a 4-2-3-1 setup with Mangala and Froiler being the two deeper midfielders and then Johnson, Gibbs, White and Scarper ahead of them. And then Chris Wood being the lone man up front. Not too many complaints when, when we saw the team come out. Yeah, and um, it led to a fairly bright first five minutes. But after that, like the Forest coach heading down the M1, it went south quite quickly, didn't it, Stephen? It did. And this was, yeah, four or five minutes into the game. Fulham play a ball forwards. Scott McKenna challenges, I think it's Mitrovic. He challenged Mitrovic, but goes down and looks like he's pulled a hamstring or something. And then within the same passage of play, Willie Bolly goes to challenge for the ball and does exactly the same thing. So both centre-halves go down injured with what looks to be hamstring strains within seconds of one another. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, um, it's just a, yeah, a, a sort of never-ending list of um, injuries just keeps on growing and growing and growing. It's, it's been unprecedented. We're, we're not the only club 
affected by it this season. You can you can think of sort of Liverpool and Chelsea as two teams who have been moaning, moaning a lot more than us, I would have to say, for such big clubs about their injuries. Um, and it just, um, yeah, the Bolly one was fairly obvious because he, he sort of hooked it and he sort of grimaced straight away. Yeah. And you could tell he'd, he'd, uh, he'd pulled his hamstring. McKenna, maybe not so obvious why he pulled a hamstring. It was more of a sort of a, 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 a contact um, challenge with Mitrovic. But yeah, as you say, both of them looks like done their hamstrings and they were had to be replaced by Joe Worrell and Felipe for his debut, Stephen. Yeah, so we saw Felipe come on. I don't think anyone was expecting him to have that much action at Craven Cottage, certainly not Steve Cooper. So essentially what that's done is just thrown the game plan out the window in many ways. You just set pieces, you're marking, all those plans that you make in advance with those your starting eleven has just been ripped up and you've you've almost got to go again there yeah. on the day. So yeah. completely different centre back partnership five minutes into the game. And also that meant Forrest used up two of their substitutes very early on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think maybe you could see the consequences of that sort of disorganization and lack of defensive stability for the Fulham goal, which came along after about 17 minutes or so. Yeah, and it was a free kick that Fulham had. It came into the box. Forrest couldn't quite clear it enough, and it dropped to William at the back post. He's about 17, 18 yards out. Now, there's five Forrest players between him and the goal, and he's managed to bend this shot left-footed right into the top corner. Credit to him, it's a brilliant strike, but you'd look at that from a Forest point of view and think, crikey, how's he, how's he managed to get that in there? Yeah, exactly. I mean, from a Fulham point of view, you think, wow, what a brilliant finish. What, what, a, what a display of quality. From a Forest point of view, you're looking at sort of Lodie sort of diving in a bit and um, he was maybe a bit weak on his first header as well, uh, which is a bit disappointing when, when you've got players like like William uh, knocking around and sort of, let's be fair, that Fulham have recruited really well since promotion. They've got some really top-class midfield players there now. There's a lot of danger around. And they, they showed that quality, didn't they, during the rest of the first half? They did. Forrest had a decent spell after the goal, but then Fulham got back on top again as the first half wore on. And Mitrovic, he sort of picked the ball up and sidestepped Worrell and then Felipe put them both on the ground and forced a really good stop out of Kaylor Navas, a good reaction save to keep it at 1-0. Then Decor Dover-Reed had an effort from 25 yards that was swerving, hit the crossbar and went away. But again, that came from Forrest giving the ball away and Fulham picking it up, coming at them and coming very close to scoring as well and making it 2-0. So I think Fulham could have easily been two or three up at half time. So from Forrest's point of view, only going into the break 1-0 down was a bit of a bonus. Yeah, it was. I think they were really hanging on and and we we did sort of think, let's just get in at half time, regroup and see if we can go again. So as Stephen says, it finished 1-0 at half time to Fulham. So Stephen, second half. Did it improve at all for Forrest? It did. Forrest came out with more purpose and with the intention of taking the game more to Fulham. So, I mean, saying that, Fulham did go close again to scoring. Willian cut inside from the left and bent a shot, which hit the post. So Fulham might well have got another goal, but 
Forest were more positive and looking to take the game to Fulham and find that equalising goal. And I think they were a little unlucky not to find that equaliser as well. They had some decent chances. The The first big chance was Emmanuel Dennis at the back post. The ball came to him. He took it down and then bent it over the bar from an acute angle, which I suppose when you look at Willian and how he scored his goal in the first half, it's a shame that Dennis couldn't produce something similar and, and get the ball on target at least. So that was a chance that Forrest missed. And then John Joe Shelby, who I thought was really good when he came on, he picked up the ball down the right flank, bent a really nice cross in. Fulham couldn't deal with it. It came to Serge Aurier at the back post, but he was denied by a really good stop by Bernd Leno. And that was Forrest's really big chance. There was one in the first half, I remember, where Brennan Johnson got free down the right, crossed for Chris Wood, who slid in but couldn't quite get on the end of it. So those were the three big chances that Forrest had overall. But it was that Aurier one. If that goes in at 1-1, with about an hour on the clock, you just don't know then how that, that can lift Forrest. And who knows, Forrest might have gone on and got a winner themselves, or at the very least come away with a point. Yeah, we should just, uh, just for completeness sake, just say that Dennis and Shelby came on for Mangala and Scarpa after a about 55 minutes or so. And Forrest definitely improved after they came on, um, showing a lot more attacking threat. Um, maybe not not Scarpa's day and Mangala's day, so maybe maybe got a bit of a run around from the uh, full and midfield. Uh, Dennis, as you say, looked looked dangerous and, and had like, that header and, and another shot where he maybe had a, had a chance to score as well. Um, looked lively, looks like his confidence is slowly coming back and um, maybe he will use a bit more. Um, much the chagrin of, of a lot of Forest fans, I think Chris Wood stayed on the pitch and we didn't we didn't see Sam Surridge. Um, he's, he's not, I've, I've now, <laughs> we'll, we'll maybe talk about this a bit later, but he maybe didn't have a, a great game again, Chris Wood. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's where we are struggling to get the best out of him and provide him with the service that he needs to be effective or if he's just not suited to this Forest team. Whereas somebody like Sam Surridge, I think he's more suited to how Forest wants to play. So when Sam Surridge is on the pitch, he looks more threatening than Chris Wood does. And for somebody such as Chris Wood, who's got so much Premier League experience under his belt, especially compared to Surridge, I'm struggling to see what Wood's offering at the moment. So whether it's something he'll come good in a couple of games' time, We'll wait and see, but yeah, it's we, if Chris Wood's going to stay in the team, we've got to find a way of getting the best out of him because at the moment we're just not doing it. Yeah, yeah, and um, despite those Forest chances, um, it was a late goal from Fulham that tied up the points for them. Um, a goal from their, one of their substitutes, Solomon. Yeah, and this goal was born out of Forrest pushing forward. The midfield were higher and Forrest were trying to get that equalising goal. Fulham countered. And this was actually an example of the difference between the teams on the day. Fulham's passing was on the mark. It was finding feet, finding players. They moved it forward quickly. It came to Andreas Pereira 
just outside the box. He then fed it to Solomon, who was in acres of space down the left flank. All he's got to do is control it and fire it past Navas, which is exactly what he did. But Forrest were pulled out of shape, I think because we were trying to chase that equalising goal. Uh, Serge Aurier came across, was attracted to the ball. That left Solomon with all that space and Fulham punished Forrest. And they did to us what we couldn't quite do to them. Punish and be clinical when it really mattered. And that's becoming a bit of a theme for Forrest. Certainly away from home in certain games, there's still that that trait where we just cannot put teams away and, and really punish them. Yeah, we, we, we lack that little bit of ruthlessness, I think is probably the best way of putting it, where when we have the chances, you've just got to score, score them and uh, put them away. Um, so, yeah, it ended Fulham 2, Forest nil. Maybe none of us maybe expected too much out of the game. I think the general feeling was before the game, we'd been, we would have been happy with the point. And you can maybe see a little bit of quality difference between Fulham and, and Forest. We've maybe got a little bit away to go to reach reach their level. Um, so we're a disappointing day for the Reds, but a happy day for the Whites. And now we've got the Fulham view from Matt from Fulham Focus. Overall, Fulham 2, Forest nil. It was probably a fair result in the end. We did hit the bar and the post a couple of times. Forest do look a decent side. They had a 15 to 20 minute spell where I thought that they were going to score. They were peppering our goal quite a bit. And fair play to Forest. You know, the team is starting to gel. I look a decent side. I definitely think there's three worse teams than Forest, and that the probability is that they're going to stay up. So good luck to them. It was probably difficult for Forest having their two centre backs go off five minutes into the game. You have to rethink your game plan whether the centre backs are there or not. They're a key part of the game plan. So, you know, fair play to Forest. They gave us a challenge, had a few decent chances that potentially they should have taken. Bern Leno, again, pulling out some unbelievable stops, as he has done all season. Um, it's pretty clear that we're outperforming our expected conceded goals because of Bernd Leno in at the back. Um, Tim Ream, again, 35 years old, and we're catching him in the best form. I don't think anyone expected him to be as good as he has been this season, but I can't believe how good he has been. But I look at him now, and I think that he's a stalwart at centre-back and one of the first names on the team sheet. Willian with a fantastic goal, um, one that I just can't believe really, you know, you can't believe that he's 34 and that he's still producing the levels that he is, so it's essential that we keep him for another season. Overall, fair play to Forrest, they gave us a good game, it wasn't quite their day today, but um, I, I expect them to be in the Premier League next season and it will be a tougher game next season. I think next season it will allow their team to gel as well. I can't see them making as many signings in the summer because of the amount that they've signed this season. Um, yeah, good luck to Nottingham Forest. I think next year they'll be in the Premier League. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. Thank you, Matt, for that contribution. Well, a disappointing day for Forrest. Um, probably some of the major issues to look back on are the injuries and the performance of some of the new January signings. The injuries, as we mentioned before, it's just the list keeps on going on and on and on. We can, it's probably about a full 
full foot, full eleven now that we can't field. Is it is this down to the World Cup, Stephen? The congested start, the lack of preseason. Is that what's what's causing all these injuries? I'm not sure about the World Cup as such because not many Forest players actually went to the World Cup. When you look at the squad as a whole, so. But with what, about, what I mean is the sort of congested nature of the fixes before the World Cup and sort of the lack of pre-season we had after the playoffs and all that sort of thing. Is that, is that, is that maybe what's contributing to it or is, is it just maybe some bad luck? I mean, it's possible, yeah, given the, given the congested nature of fixtures and our preparations for the season and I suppose bringing in the, the amount of players we've had. A lot of our players haven't had that full pre-season run-up into the campaign. So whether players are trying to pick up our training methods halfway through the season and they're just not conditioned for it yet, that's that might be a, a telling factor. It's a concern because it doesn't, it doesn't seem as if other Premier League teams are struggling so much with this. There's a few, but certainly the teams around us are able to put out their strongest teams week in, week out. Whereas for us, it was just as we were finding that starting 11 that we could play week in, week out. We're getting struck down by injuries and it is it is one after another. Yeah, yeah. It's every week. And um, the, the, the thing that sort of uh, bugs me is that they all take so long to seemingly come back from fitness. I mean, near Carter at the beginning of the season, I mean, look, just like a hamstring. And uh, worst case scenario, you're looking maybe at a couple of months for a really bad one. And it's been been absolutely ages, what, four or five months now? And he's only just yeah. got back on the grass. And um, the Omar Richards, a hairline fracture. I mean, you'd think maybe two, three months for a hairline fracture to heal and, and get going again. But similarly for him, he's been still not back. And um don't seem to hear much about um, Taiwo's injury. At the time, he said it's nothing, but it's obviously <laughs> turned into something quite serious as well. But yeah, I don't know, mate. There are been questions being asked, I guess, on, on social media now. People are sort of saying, we've got to look at the medical department, we've got to look at the physios. And I know in, in, in past seasons at other clubs and even at Forest Pit, they've looked at things like training pitches and um, things like that, if, if they're contributing to it. But We'll leave that for people who know what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> the other, the other, the other thing that's sort of come up is um, Chris Wood. I've, I've got to say, I've never known a player to be turned against so quickly in Forest history. So he's, he's had the Bournemouth away game when, all right, he didn't really do anything, but we could say he'd only come in twenty four hours earlier. He had the Leeds game last week, and um, there was a lot of vitriol spewed in his direction. Where he didn't, he didn't really have the best of games, and um, again yesterday, not not a lot. And a lot of people sort of written him off already, and sort of saying, "I hope we don't have to sign him permanently." What what's your view on him, Stephen? I think it's as we were talking about earlier. For one reason or another, we just we're not getting the best from Chris Wood. Whether that's down to him needing a bit more time to get up to speed with how the team wants to play, what Steve Cooper wants to do with him. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, if that, that one yesterday, that chance, if he's a few seconds earlier, he might get on the end of that Brennan Johnson cross, put the ball in the back of the net, and he's suddenly the hero. So he was very close, actually, to opening his account at Fulham. But the, I think the overriding thing is we are... We're in a position now because of injuries where we're almost relying on him. We haven't got 
many out and out strikers. So that's probably why people are not being as patient with him because him and Sam Surridge, they're, they're pretty much all we've got. So we need them to be performing and we need them to be producing. And at the moment in Chris Wood's case, he's not. So whether it's better that we, we have Surridge as our starting striker and then have Wood coming on from the bench, that might be the best way that we get him up to speed and take a little bit of the expectation off his shoulders. Yeah, I mean, I think if I if I was Sam Surridge, I, I would have been disappointed not to have started again um, at this game because when he came on, he looked a million times better in the again in the Leeds match than uh, Chris Wood, and similarly the, the match before that, he, he was he was bringing off the bench. Maybe there's a feeling that he's he's more of an impact player. Maybe that's why he's not getting the starts, but he. If I know if it, he'll be feeling really sort of hard done by by not starting, um, I think Chris Wood. He just he looks like an awkward player. He doesn't look like a aesthetically. He's on. He's not pleasing on the eye when he's on the pitch. He is. He is what he is. He's a big old fashioned striker, and doesn't move in a sort of elegant manner. And um, he's just sometimes you just got to run around when you're in that bad form and try and do something. He's just really not at the moment. Doesn't seem to be ruffling too many feathers on the opposition defence. And not contributing a great deal. I think the fear is that if if we stay up, the um the clause in the contract will mean that we will have to sign him. And um, I think the agreed fee of fifteen million pounds looks a lot for for Chris Wood at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I think we're we're casting um envious glances back at back at Keenan Davis. We could have maybe had him for that sort of money. Um, although he's he's sort of has proven to have a few sort of injury problems again this season maybe not as prolific as he as he would want to be at Watford but I think people are would rather have him than Chris Wood but I think that ship may, may have sailed now anyway um, a disappointing day for the Reds but next week we've got the small matter of champions Manchester City turning up to uh, the City ground so that should be an interesting one Um, and we'll be back with a match report for that one so thank you for listening and see you next week Sports Social Podcast Network